Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Listen, I, could you have been a kid in any other era? Um, probably. I guess you wouldn't know anything different, would you? But it just seems bizarre that there were children before we were children. You know. <laughs> I mean. This childhood was quite similar to my childhood, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have coped well in the sixties. No. I'm a sensitive soul. <laughs> you would have done well being a child in like the twenty tens, maybe. Yeah, I can do that. Or now, just. Yeah. I want to be a kid tonight. <laughs> okay. Hello there. Welcome to I Unlike You and Movies. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with what's your name again? Sunay. Sunay, that's right. Hello. Now I remember. <laughs> Good energy starting off, Sunay. Good work. <sighs> now you're up on the International Space Station, so you've got a good idea of this film, haven't you? Some say I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this film. <laughs> what's the film called? It's called Apollo Ten and a Half: A Space Age Childhood. Um, by one of our faves, Richard Linklater. Uh-huh. Some would say. Fave. Potentially. I've, but I have caught his last couple of movies. I've been, been a bad fan. You're a fake fan. I am a fake fan. But luckily, this one's on Netflix and we just happened to stumble upon it because it hasn't really got a huge amount of press, has it? No. There was a big thing on Twitter a little while ago. By a little while ago, I mean days or a week. Um, okay. Talking about how this wasn't, you know, promoted at all. Mm. I mean... It was released on Netflix, so it's hard to promote something that's on a streaming platform. I mean... Is it? Potentially. They, they sometimes advertise a lot of stuff. You know? Yeah. But they should, shouldn't they? Because this is a great movie. It was. Really liked it. And, you know, I guess the point of this podcast is to talk about it and tell you all the things we liked about it. But I really liked our us going into this not knowing much apart from, like, the fact that it was about a kid going to the moon... Yeah. Because here's a twist, Sine. Mm-hmm. It isn't really, is it? No. <laughs> not at all. It's not at all about a kid going to the moon. <laughs> and I was genuinely um, surprised and but delighted about that. Yeah. I think... But should we talk about what the film's about? Okay. Hear me. So it's, it's an animated film um, and it's essentially about Richard Linklater's childhood smash with a kid who has to go to the moon because they built the <laughs> still find it very funny they built the moonlander or whatever a size too small and so it's only big yeah. enough for a kid to fit in um, so they need to test it out first before yeah. they can send the real astronaut stuff yeah yeah and it's <laughs> like um sort of the secret secret mission that he's tasked yeah. with doing yeah so There's sort of, to me on Wikipedia, two interwoven perspectives is a good way to put it. So there's him as a kid growing up and talking about his Mm -hmm. childhood and sort of reminiscing on his childhood and then his mission 
to the moon that are sort of interspliced. And obviously it's, it's in reference to the space race back in the 60s. And it's interesting, an interesting way to smash the narrative. I'm not sure if it all worked for me entirely. Sometimes the flashbacks to the childhood were sort of brought up quite organically. Like you'd mm-hmm. see something in the space station or whatever that would, you know, trigger a memory and we'd go back and see the memory. But other times it seemed seemed really unbalanced and it felt to me like you want to make a movie about your childhood, why don't you just make a movie about your childhood, you know? Yeah, I feel that. But I kind of like the surprise going into it, mm. thinking it's going to be this sort of adventure movie about this kid going up to space and you think like you know there's going to be a problem with the rocket and he's going to have to fix Mm -hmm. it and all those classic things you see in these sort of movies adventure mission movies but then you get it and it's just like this guy reminiscing about his childhood yeah (laughs) got to a certain point maybe like i don't know a third maybe a bit over a third of the way in i was like oh wait this is an adventure movie at all this is just fun memories of childhood and yeah. you know kind of little vignettes about this mm. and so that was kind of a, a surprising delight for me i can see if you're going in thinking it's going to be the adventure story though you might be a bit surprised yeah um but also it does get to a point where it's like oh and by the way this is the mission we did and it's sort of just it was all fine and so you're like oh okay well it wasn't really an adventure story it's more of a fable that mm. side of it mm. and but I'm kind of a sucker for this sort of thing, like, you know, someone looking back at reminiscing on their childhood. If it's done well, it can be amazing. And, like, future Linklater movies, it'd yeah. be amazing. I was going to say, if anyone's going to do it, Linklater's, like, primed for that because he just he tugs on the heartstrings. He knows how to, yeah. how to get that emotional gut punch in. And, like, in all these movies, like, he can obviously mm. do the, the proper three-act structure, like School of Rock is, you know, perfectly weighted that script. It's a perfect film. And I'm not saying his other films are unstructured, but it's like he sort of just throws the real book out with the type of movie about two people just walking around a city and chatting mm-hmm. three times. <laughs> and it still works every time. Yeah. Daisy Confused is just like a hangout movie, you know, over one night. Um, I recall Everybody Wants Some, one of our first podcasts on this mm. podcast that we did. Um, that was just over a weekend or before summer, before college starts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, and this one, it feels like he was just like, I want to make 98 minutes and about 90 of that is going to be just me just talking about what happened when I was a kid. Yeah. And it works. It works because it's nostalgic because, yeah. I don't know, like I was born in the 90s, grew up in the 90s, and even some things that they were doing, you know, triggered memories for me, like the prank calls that you used to do and it was a bit, oh, yeah, the phone rang during dinner. And the mum mm. was like, that's so rude. I remember yeah. that because you'd be so annoyed because you're like, obviously we're eating dinner. Why would you call now? <laughs> the one home phone. Yeah. Um, it, was, it just felt really nice to sort of remember those little moments that we've forgotten. And Absolutely. And that, and that does show that there are, there are common things to being mm. a human and yeah. being in a family. So, yeah, my joke up top is kind of true, but also... There are universal experiences of growing up, aren't there, that this mm. film taps into, which, mm. yeah, you even you and I could appreciate. And I'm, I'm guessing you could especially appreciate it if you were growing up in the 60s or in that mm-hmm. bit early times, and probably even more so if you were growing up in and around the space race. Yeah. Um, 
I love the, the idea that this this kid like he's his dad's got an important job for the Apollo mission, but he has to lie about it because it's not cool enough. Mm. It's classic kid stuff, isn't it? Lying about what your dad does. It is. It's great. <laughs> I was just thinking, as you said there, about it might be, you know, even more reminiscent if you grew up in the sixties. Mm. My dad grew up in the sixties, and he has memories of watching, you know, the landing on the moon and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think that the format of this film would probably prevent someone like him from watching it. I don't know that he would watch an animated film about mm. it, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think the subject matter would appeal to him. Yeah. Even on like a base level, like, oh, yeah, I remember that, haha, sort of thing. But I'm wondering in terms of making art for an audience who this is for. And I think it's it's for himself, right? Like it's for Linklater. Yeah. I can't see this. It's not really marketed to a particular focus group, really. Well, it's very interesting you, you said that because I think on, on the other hand, if you've got kids and they're about, you know, 9, 10, 11, mm. you want to find something to, then to watch on Netflix, like, oh, cool, there's an adventure movie about going to the moon. You might chuck that on for them. And then it's like, oh, it's not really about that at all. And kids might get bored potentially yeah. in this. Um, if they do, they're a little, no, <laughs> take that out. <laughs> I can see, but if you're going and expecting something and, you know, for me, it was a nice surprise, but I can see some people might be confused, but on mm. the same token, you're right that the sort of people who might enjoy this might not find it. So can we talk mm. about the animation a bit? Cause it's very mm-hmm. interesting animation. So it, the film was shot live action yeah, and then essentially they animated over it which I was just doing some research, <laughs> is similar to rotoscoping, um, which Linklater has used before, but we haven't seen the two films he's done that before in. I think this might have been the first film I've seen that's had animation, or had rotoscoping. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a huge expert on it, but I think what happens is they, they film real people, yeah. real footage, and then they trace over it, and then that, that mm. forms the basis of the animation, right? For me, it was a bit weird getting into it, but mm. about five minutes and I forgot that's what we were doing and I was just watching the film. Mm. Um, it had a yeah, really unique feel. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it, it is, is, but it is different to your regular animation too, which might mm. be a little bit off-putting for kids. Um, even recently, we, had, we knew someone talking about this. And it's like their kid likes the, the current animation, so styles of like Disney films, so even going back to something classic like Cinderella or Snow White is confusing and not as interesting perhaps to kids today. It makes me really sad <laughs> hearing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I also think maybe kids don't really care and they just watch any, anything. So yeah. Yeah. maybe it's a bit of overthinking. But it's, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Mm. I think it also, like choosing this sort of animation style, fit in a way with, with the 60s sort of element because mm. it sort of felt otherworldly but also old and i don't know why it feels like that but it does okay (laughs) no and it it feels unique doesn't it? yes yeah it feels of its own of its own type and time Mm. so that's cool it really sits yeah sits alone i can't think of another film that this is sort of like really Mm. can you i mean a lot of a lot of filmmakers go back and visit their childhood at some point here's the thing question for you Mm today Let's, let's put on our very our overthinking caps for a second, okay. right? 
Yep. And take this maybe very seriously when obviously it should be considered just a fable and a fun time. One sec, just pulling my ponytail through the back loop. Okay. Yep, got my cap on. Cool. Now, Jack Black is the voiceover of the kid, right? Yes. And does a great job. Mm-hmm. Is he recreating what actually happened in his life in this universe, in this world? Or is he making up a story about what he wanted, wanted to happen? Interesting question. Um, well, the the mission to the moon, I think, never happened. Yeah. In story world. Yeah. I think that was his imagination getting the better of him and him wanting to have a purpose. And it's almost that thing, yeah. yeah, where you look back on a memory. You know that thing where you're like, oh, I remember driving somewhere as a child and then your memory makes you the one who drove that even though you weren't driving the car mm-hmm. like there's a name for it, a psychological term where you sort of misremember things in a way that make you more um i don't know like you're more of the protagonist in that situation and i think that this is an example here i don't think he went to the moon i think he conflated the big space race as if he was in the in the rocket and he was the one that was doing it all mm. Um, I'm, I'm with you. That's a big jump, though, isn't it? In, in in universe, thinking it's all real. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I think all the childhood stuff was real. I didn't see. Oh, yeah, I think that that was definitely real. Yeah. But is that just like, is he telling a tall tale to somebody when he's mm. saying all this? Or is he, or is it the sort of thing when he would just try and tell his friends at school, like, you know what, actually, I was up on the moon myself. Like, yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Potentially. But you're right, that, that's been so true. I've, I've listened to podcasts and read stories about people who've conflated their memories. There's a famous journalist in the US who, his, the story was that he was shot down while looking at, like, well, reporting in Iraq and then turns out it wasn't even his helicopter that got shot down. It was one he was looking at. Yeah. But he didn't think he was lying. He no. just, over time, the story sort of got mixed up in his head. So potentially. Or you think, like, <laughs> you were the one that went to hospital with an allergy as a kid, but it was actually your sibling or something like mm. that. Mm-hmm. God, memory's weird. <laughs> you, you've just been told the story so many times that yeah. Yeah. you can almost see it. Yeah. I must admit I am liking this film more looking at it retrospectively than Mm -hmm. I did in the moment. I think in the moment I was annoyed because I kept thinking that it was about the space stuff and then when it kept going to the childhood stuff, I loved it because it was brilliant, but I was like, okay, well, 
Are we going back to what we're actually talking about here? And I didn't mm. have enough um, awareness in the moment to be like, oh, that's not what we're doing. That's not what this film is. Yeah, you need to sort of, can I say, vibe shift in your brain? You did need to vibe shift. Very aptly put. <laughs> um, now, one of our recurring topics on here is runtime. Mm. So in terms of that, Sine, 98 minutes, and a lot of it is just reminiscing about childhood and whatnot, mm. and not much adventure, which is what we're probably expecting. Was 98 minutes, was that a good runtime? Did it feel, feel it good to you? It felt really long to me. Okay. But I think that's a lot to do with the meandering sort of let's look back at our life, mm. et cetera. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, once you expect, once I think once you settle into it, you're like, oh, okay, we're just vibing. That's fine. <laughs> and 98 minutes isn't that long. No. But when you're expecting it to get back to the story, it does feel like it's long. But, yeah, just get, just get a vibe shift ready, guys, when you're watching this. Um, it's it's interesting to think about performances too in this rotoscope animation mm. style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought everyone was great. Yeah, it's interesting the way that it keeps the facial expression mm. and the little moments at times. Like it's, yeah. yeah, interesting sort of, I don't know, I'm fascinated by it. I want to do some more research into rotoscoping and see. Yeah, definitely. Obviously watch the rest of Linklater's filmography, which has always been our one of yeah, our priorities. Watch most of, but not mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've I heard about a scanner darkly when it first came out and everyone was sort of raving over it because it was so unique. But um you just haven't got got around to it. Mm. So yeah, I'll be keen to watch them again or watch them for the first time. Mm. Uh what one th- another thing I think about this film, it's not really a criticism at all, and I think it, it does show you that this is coming from a kid's perspective, is like when you're a kid, two guys coming to your school and noticing you're really good on the dodgeball court or whatever, mm. kickball court. And then giving you a secret mission, that sounds awesome. That's kind of very fun and that's a fun thing, exciting thing to do. As an adult looking at this, though, he's gone in a room with two adults and they've said, hey, we've got a secret mission, but you can't tell your parents about that. Mm. Red flag for me. <laughs> but in it works fine in this context because it is, you yeah. know, it's a kid's fable, so it's all right. But any kids listening out there, if that happens to you, tell your parents, okay? Probably tell them, yeah. Yeah. But that's another thing that plays into the sort of tall tales he's telling, right, is that we all wish mm. we were playing one day and these people came out and told us how special we were and gave us this special recognition and, yeah, you know, it's very, I don't know, it's very interesting approach, Richard, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you have fascinated me by this film. And it, I think all that stuff perhaps wouldn't have played as well in live action. What mm, do you think? Interesting. I think it again the, the the fable the the sort of magical tall tale aspects of it I think lend themselves very well to the animation. Yeah, so you're saying that it aided the sort of mm. otherworldly aspect or the fact that it was it's not quite real. Yes, mm. but then again, it would have worked well probably in live action too. Let's face it, originally later. So yeah, interesting. It. It's hard to say if things wouldn't work otherwise because we haven't seen how it worked the other way, but mm. definitely, definitely worked as it did. It, it'd be interesting to go back and just... It would have been interesting for Richard Linklater to go back in time and his memories to find out, like, all the things that were important to include and it felt very lived in, didn't all those details about yeah. growing up. It's probably the sort of thing where you write about one thing and then something else comes up and then it all sort of mm. they'll lead onto each other. What would you include for your 
style of films you know if you're going back in your child what are some key things you would include um like some core memories yeah oh gosh sort of thing every weekend we used to do this or we always did this um playing nintendo with dad sure probably a cool one handing the controller to him when we got to bowser's castle because it was too scary and i couldn't do it i don't know running through sprinklers Mm -hmm. was a big thing in the 90s in queensland (laughs) was until the drought sort of came across yes because we wasted yeah. all that water well, Sprinkle the water. That was it. <laughs> I don't know. It would be interesting. I'm. Uh, it's going to happen soon. I'm dreading it because it's going to make me feel really old. But we're almost in time for, you know, a retrospective 90s childhood film. Mm. <laughs> I just, no. <laughs> it was only 10 years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it'll be coming soon, won't it? Mm. Well, I'll definitely recommend this one for all our... Yeah. Listeners slash viewers. Really viewers interesting experience and really unique experience, not like anything else that's out there at mm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And potentially we've sort of um, spoiled that journey that we went on for mm. you, but that's a podcast, I suppose, and you w- wouldn't have listened to this if you didn't want to hear our thoughts on it. Um, Oscar buzz, I mean, what do you reckon? Is it going to go, I assume for next year would be... Yeah, this is what I find interesting is that there's been, maybe it's COVID, um, Mm. but like this film and everything everywhere all at once, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm seeing soon, are being hailed as, you know, Oscar-worthy films, but they've been released just after this Oscars passed. So are we still going to remember them and have them, you know, front of Mm. mind when it comes time to nominating or even choosing the winner next year? It's a good question, and it's weird this year because the Oscars were so late in the year. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like, but yes, I think writing probably visuals if they're going to mm. give something visual effects, maybe. Mm-hmm. Kind of depends what else is out, though. I guess. These are my things today. Mm-hmm. If Belfast can win best writing, <laughs> I mean, and that was a fine movie. We liked it enough. Uh... You know? I think the people who vote the winner should be banned and it should just be us who choose. <laughs> okay, I'll be fine with that. I can do that. Do it for free. Media literacy <laughs> needs to be yeah. used. Mm. It's out of out of fashion to have media literacy, but I don't know how you could look at the script of Belfast and think that that was Oscar worthy. Anyway, mm. there's that. Okay. Star rating time. Oh, you go first. I need to think. Okay, I'm going to give it five stars today. <laughs> Should have bloody known. So it was a perfect film. Nothing you would change. No constructive Nothing. criticism at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll give it four. Okay. I really liked what it was doing. I think I'd like it more on second viewing now that I know what happens. But it just dragged a little for me and it was a little unbalanced in the time that we spent in each storyline, I think. Mm, okay. They're my main criticisms. Fair enough. Still pretty good though, hey? Still great. Yeah. And you really can't go on at all with Mr. Linklater's films. No. So what's the best one? Quick, quick. Best one tonight. Go, oh, God. go, 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 go. School of Rock is a perfect film. Yeah. Before Midnight is probably my favourite of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one, what was the one where he filmed it in real time? 
Boyhood. Boyhood was a technical feat. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yours would be like Dazed and Confused or something, wouldn't it? Before Sunset, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, you do You do like the second one. It's a good one. Weird. Correct. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. You can go back and check out all our previous podcasts. There's a few, isn't there, today? There's a few. There's a couple you can get your head around. Um, and you know what? We'll be back soon with more podcasts of every film ever made, probably, eventually. Man, that's a lot of podcasts. Yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? Um, all right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.